Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. So let me talk to you in this podcast about Donald Trump and me. Now, I don't want you to get the wrong impression. I don't know Donald Trump. I've never met Donald Trump. I don't work for Donald Trump. But many of you have been asking me to out with it, to talk about how I feel about Donald Trump, to talk about how I voted, uh, to be more specific about how I interact with the culture in D.C. since Donald Trump became president. And I'm happy to do that. I'm not hiding from anything. I'm very open about my politics. Uh, I am definitely to the right of center. I'm not hard right. I'm not extreme right. Um, But I am definitely to the right of center on most political issues. And then I'm moderate on other issues. Um, I'm therefore uh, glad that Trump at least gives lip service to certain causes, uh, even though I have uh, some difficulty with him. So back during the election, I did not think when he first declared that he had any chance of becoming president. That's that's on me. I just didn't see it coming. Uh, Most uh, analysts, most prognosticators uh, felt exactly the same way. I know of no one who gave him um, the likelihood of becoming president. Uh, I liked a lot of other people in the Republican primary. I thought many of them had heft. They would do a great job. But frankly, most of them ran atrocious campaigns during the primary. And so Donald Trump emerged for a lot of reasons that I've spoken about before and have also put in my upcoming book called Choosing Donald Trump. And so I did not vote for Donald Trump. Uh, I also didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. I wrote someone in, but I could not vote for Donald Trump. And the main reason was that I was offended by the way uh, he treated uh, minorities, Uh, and the way he's particularly treated African-Americans. Now, I've told you before many times in this podcast uh, that while I don't see myself as some great big champion of African-Americans, they don't need that, and that would just be insulting to contend, um, I do walk closely with my African-American friends. I have African-Americans in my family. I have African-American nieces and nephews, um, African-American sister-in-law. I I help to a very small degree because I don't have a lot of time, and they don't need that much help from me, Uh, but 2 or 3% of my work life Um, I help with a large African-American church in D.C. when Bev and I are in D.C. rather than Nashville. And so I'm close to the causes. I'm close to the challenges. I'm close to the issues with police. Um, I help as much as I can. And so therefore, I'm sensitive to it. And since I I care about these issues and since I look into the beautiful brown eyes of my nieces and nephews um, and I love them dearly, I couldn't be happy when Donald Trump would speak disparagingly of African-Americans or he would encourage violence against an African-American protester and offer to pay the uh, legal fees of those who who beat up African-American protesters at his rallies and so on. Um, But having said all that, obviously, as I've said, I'm right of center. Uh, Therefore, I'm glad for the things he says he champions. Well, this is the problem with Donald Trump. I am opposed to the culture he creates around him, and I'm in support of some of the issues he at least says he's going to champion. So I'm in a mixed position, like so many people in America. I often say that politics is a matter of hold your nose and hold your nose tighter. There aren't perfect options. We're not running, uh, you know, God or the perfect ideal person, Jesus or, or whomever for office. We're not talking about a difference between perfection and total imperfection. 
perfection. We're talking about matters of degrees. Uh, I do not like the way Donald Trump treats people. I do not like the culture around him. I have friends in the White House and they are uh, having miserable existences. Um, it, some, some of the folks in the military that I know are having a very difficult time working with this man. Um, I don't like the culture. I don't like the language. I don't like the people he tends to bring in who are crass and nasty and bullies. I don't like that at all. I value statesmanship. I value statecraft. Uh, I value diplomacy. Uh, and yeah, I'm passionate about my politics, but that doesn't mean that I have to uh, treat people like garbage. In fact, since my Christian faith undergirds my politics, I believe the beginning of my politics ought to be a high regard for all people and uh, doing the best for the majority. So I want to make it very clear. I did not vote for Donald Trump, but yes, just like I would have for any other candidate. And I did, by the way, with Barack Obama, with whom I strongly disagreed on a lot of issues. uh, I do celebrate those uh, positions that I share with him. Uh, even though I think the culture around him and by the way, the chaos in the white house and his, his own personal style is really counterproductive. Um, so that's where I am. I will fight for my causes up on the Hill. I will talk to my friends and try to persuade them. Uh, I will fight for the Kurds. Uh, I will work for social justice. Um, I will fight for the cause of the unborn. I will work for broader religious liberty. I will try to get our, our state department and our, uh, any, any in politics to pay attention to the persecution of Christians worldwide. And by the way, of all religions in our country, um, et cetera, you see where I am. I am uh, to the right of center, uh, moderate on some issues, as I've said, and therefore mixed and cautious about Donald Trump. So to put it in brief, I'm not about primarily a personality or an administration. I'm about certain causes and I will dance with anybody who will dance with me. I've held hands um, and fought for the cause of the unborn with Catholic priests, though I'm a Protestant. I have joined arms with uh, Democrats, even though I am no longer Republican, by the way, now I'm an independent, but uh, people on the other side of the aisle from where I am, because they were with me on a, a certain issue, a certain issue that I cared about. And that's how I conduct myself. And that's what I do. But I have to tell you that it is very difficult to be in favor of certain policy positions that Donald Trump contends for, and at the same time, be as I am such an advocate for men and noble manhood and righteous manhood in our generation. If you listen to this podcast, you know I've written on this topic. I do conferences all over the world about it. I advocate for it. I write, uh, written my pieces for USA Today and other periodicals about it, often in media about it. I'm, I'm an advocate for noble manhood, for men being who they are meant to be, understanding that the primary beneficiaries of that are going to be women and children. So when you're an advocate for that kind of manhood, you can't be excited about Donald Trump, who does not live out that kind of manhood. So this is simply the world we are in, and this is how I've chosen to orient myself to it politically. I contend for causes. I contend for the Kurds. I'm leaving for Iraqi Kurdistan within a matter of days to go over and help with their new constitution, to go over and and, and learn what I can and work with their leaders uh, as they have a referendum for independence on the 25th of September. Um, I'll do that. I'll fight for the cause of the unborn. I'll work for social justice. I will uh, do contend for the causes that I care about. Um, but I can't put a rubber stamp on any one politician uh, and certainly not on this administration. Will I fight them in toto? Will I, will I lambast them in public? No, I'll have to pick and choose. And that's the world many of us find ourselves in. 
I think what we've got to do is remove the cult of personality from our orientation on politics. I don't need to be uh, a Donald Trump supporter, and I also don't need to be a never Trumper. Uh, I, I don't need to be radically for him or radically opposed. He's a politician. He's a mixture. Most people on the Hill are. I, I work with some politicians. I've aligned with almost 100%, uh, but, but they simply aren't president of the United States. So I'll work with the people in Trump in the Trump administration that I can encourage, help, support, um, and I'll hope for a better president one day. Uh, same thing I did during the Obama administration. Hope for a better president. Hope for a better leadership. Hope for greater unity in the city. Work for unity. Work for uh, across the lines, handshaking and and deals and 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 for removing of the corruption. Uh, I can can say the words, let's drain the swamp, but I don't know what Donald Trump means by that. By the way, he's brought more of the swamp with him than there was before he came in office. And I know that's going to upset some conservatives, but it's just true. So all of that to say that I believe this era of our political life needs a deft hand. It needs an ability to hold two thoughts, two opposing thoughts in your brain at the same time. It requires uh, not just banner politics. I'm for Trump. I'm for Obama. I'm to, on the right. I'm on the left. I'm a liberal. I'm a conservative. I, I don't think that works anymore. We live in a land of mixture. We live in a land of shades of gray. And... Um, I I once gave this example, and it's the best example that I can give. If there was an election between two Marxists, and one of those Marxists was pro-life and one of them was not, I would vote for the Marxist who was pro-life and work to try to reform the rest of his politics. And people would say, well, Mansfield voted for a Marxist. Well, no, Mansfield voted for the best option he had in that election that he could morally live with. And then he worked for the, for the cause of righteousness as he understood it. And then he hoped for a better day. And that's what we have to do. Politics is not an absolute game. It's not absolute righteousness and evil, not absolutely good and bad, not absolutely wise and stupid. It's a long range. It's a long gradations. Uh, it's, it's shades of gray. So you got to know your first principles and then you've got to contend nobly. And in as unifying a fashion as possible without compromise that's, uh, that is, that is, you know, on your core values, um, for the things you believe in. That's simply where we are. So I won't answer the question, am I pro-Trump? I won't answer the question, uh, am I, do I hate liberals? Uh, I won't answer the question, uh, do I hate conservatives? I won't answer the question, are all Republicans stupid? Those are absolute questions. They're based in an an immature view of the world. Instead, uh, I will contend for certain values. I'll be outspoken about them. I will try to do righteousness. I will work with people that will make other people whom I work with uh, nervous. But that's how it goes. That's how it is today. And I think we'll make more progress, have a better nation, and certainly the causes I care about will be uh, better served if we think a bit more like that rather than in the absolute terms that turned this recent recent election into quite a sham. Politics is a noble calling. And to live it out, uh, you have to consider viewpoints that don't fit easily on banners and bunting and aren't shouted easily at rallies. I'm not saying everything is complex. I'm simply saying that it's not as simple as we are often told. And nobility is sometimes in the cracks between two opinions. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, 
a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and The Miracle of the Kurds. His new book is Ask the Question, Why We Must Demand Religious Clarity from Our Presidential Candidates, available on Amazon. Learn more about Stephen at stephenmansfield.tv. This is a Chartwell Literary Group production.